Hello and welcome to the Life in the Fasting Lane podcast. We are here every week to educate you, challenge you, and encourage you along your journey with intermittent fasting and also low carb and keto if that's your jam. You can check us out at fastinglane.com and on Twitter and Instagram at fastinglane. This week I have Ivor Cummins. You have probably heard of him before because he is the author of Eat Rich, Live Long. He is a public speaker and a very fancy, nerdy biochemical engineer. Ivor, thank you so much for joining me. Not at all, Eve. Pleasure to be here. Ivor, it's possible I asked you on the show because you're brilliant, but it's possible I just wanted to hear your cool accent. I'm kind of torn at which way I'm going there. Uh, the accent, probably. <laughs> it's probably the accent. Yes, that's what it is. All right. So here's the deal about Ivory, y'all. He spent 30 years as a corporate technical leader in multiple positions, and now he is the chief program officer for the Irish Heart Disease Awareness Association. Ivor speaks at well-known health and medical conferences around the world. I believe he was at Low Carb Denver and on the same stage as all kinds of professors and doctors. So Ivor, I've never spoken with you before. I was really hoping to meet you at Low Carb Denver and I didn't get a chance to make it out. Um, but for people who have not gotten to hear your story before, how did you go from like this fancy executive into this whole new world and focus? And when was that? Right, Eve. Well, it was back in 2012 originally. And the brief story is I got some standard blood tests. And because I'm a professional technical problem solver, leading teams and that, when I got three particular tests in routine testing that were way out of whack, I looked at the figures and saw how far out they were, particularly two of them. And that was a liver enzyme, GGT, which is really important, but we won't get into detail, and ferritin. Uh, which is the iron loading in the blood, and also cholesterol. So I got these really high readings. I'm reading them upside down across the desk of a doctor who's explaining to me, you know, a little bit about them. But I asked two questions that's crucial in any technical challenge. And the first is, what are the implications of these crazy readings? And the second question is, what are the root causes that would drive them up uh, in general? And I'll go see about fixing them. And I got poor answers. And I went to another doctor, very experienced, not much better. And I went to a professor of medicine, you know, who I knew, not much better. And then I realized something huge. If I get standard blood tests, right, I didn't ask for these tests, they're standard enough, and they're way out of whack, and I can't get answers from the experts in the field, and these are good guys, there's some massive missing, there's some huge hole in medicine. I wonder what it is. And very quickly, when I looked them up, I found out they were very serious, not the cholesterol, but the other two. And I realized, wow, this is important for me personally, because I have five children. So I'm pretty health focused. So I researched the databases. I had a corporate log on to the peer reviewed published research of the past hundred years, all the papers, all the studies, followed up on the metrics that were out of whack. I learned all the biochemical pathways. Within a few weeks, I found out it was to do with carbohydrate metabolism. Switched to a low-carb diet, hardcore. Nine weeks later, I had my bloods looking perfectly. 
uh, amazing. And actually ones that weren't even that bad, it got way better. My blood pressure dropped within a week or two, like a stone, because I had a whole measuring kit. And my weight came off around 30 something pounds in nine weeks. And I also, my appetite collapsed for the first time in my adult life. I couldn't believe it. I could skip meals with impunity. So that helped the weight loss, obviously, because I was doing it for fun after a few weeks. And mental acuity improved. Everything got better. So I knew then, okay, I was correct. I got the true root cause. Because when you get a true root cause, it, just, it doesn't just fix the thing you were after. It kind of brings the whole system up a notch fixes lots of things. And that's what's, what happened. So I began to lecture in my corporate, 100 engineers at a time, big rooms, put one or two on YouTube. And then I started getting followed by a lot of doctors, researchers around the world. And I kind of went from there. It's, it's interesting because for years, when I was morbidly obese, doctors would tell me things like, you have prediabetes, and the answer is take metformin. Um, or you get sick because your you know, immune system sucks. Um, I really never had anybody talk to me about low carb or fasting or any of those things. And it's interesting to hear that your mind, when you heard the problem was first seek out two other opinions, which I'll be honest, I think you're weird, right? Like, I think you're different from most people in that most of us, me included, um, I went for different opinions, but I never said, well, like, I, I could figure this out myself. I, I, I could figure out what the root cause is. And it's, it's kind of interesting how your other career is, is what brought you to the, have enough confidence to do that. I think I, and most people are so overwhelmed and we make these assumptions that these really smart doctors surely have more education than us on this, surely have more answers than us on this. And that is what kept me in this predicament for 24 years. So are you telling me like this first time that you went and you had these blood tests, this was the first time you, you asked these questions and you just decided to figure out the answers on your own? Yeah, exactly. When it became personal, um, I just realized, well, I thought at the second doctor who was connected to me, I thought, well, I get the answers there. And when I didn't, then I began to realize there's some, there's something massive here behind the scenes. I wonder what it is. I couldn't figure it out. And then when I went to the third person uh, who was kind of professor level, teaching professor, then I knew, okay, if they don't know their own craft in, in these standard tests, there is something enormous missing. Because if I went to our top fluidics and physics guy in our complex processes, we make complex fluidic parts and electronics. If I went to that person with three common readings we measure on the process line and they were way out of whack and that person, I mean, it would never happen. That person would always answer with a series of causes. I mean, obviously. So I knew there was something enormous missing in medicine. I wasn't sure what it was, but I knew I could find it because that's what I've done for three decades. I've solved complex problems and I had a biochemical engineering degree. So I had the background, certainly had the aptitude and all the skills. So I kind of thought I'll find it all right. But I, but I wondered, what is it? And within a few weeks, I mean, it was, it was a bit of hard work for a few weeks. I didn't realize there were low carb doctors and researchers all over the world. I thought I had discovered something completely new, <laughs> believe it or not. I love that. 
Yeah, I, I thought, wow, I've discovered this enormous thing that it's not the fat, it's the carbohydrate and all the metabolic pathways make sense. And I really thought I, I discovered something amazing. Now, it was amazing, but I didn't realize many had uh, trod that path before me. Um, and obviously, I got to know them all, hundreds of doctors now in my network amongst my friends. Um, but it, it, yeah, it's, it's as I described. Uh, I never doubted that I could find at least some of the answer. What I didn't realize was I'd find the whole answer within weeks. I'd apply the answer. And within another eight or nine weeks, I'd transform my life and my health. I, I didn't know that was going to happen, in fairness. So I think so many people expect that the doctors have all the answers. And I, I, I have a lot of friends that are doctors, and I have a lot of great people I know with different opinions that are doctors. And I hear a lot of people get angry with doctors for not telling them certain information and, and not um, giving them the information they need and accusing doctors of just pushing medicines and doing these things. And it, it ticks me off. I'm not a doctor. And I think most doctors that I know and most doctors that I've been friends with, even if we disagree on things, have chosen a profession that is really tough, have put in a lot of time and money into getting educated. And I, I'm curious to know your opinion on why more doctors aren't giving this information out. Because my theory is not that they're trying to do something bad. I think they're trying to do their best. But what, what are your theories on that? Yeah, it's, it's a great kind of question to ask. Uh, I would say that the doctors are simply have a, an enormous gulf. They have a gap in information because they are taught in a kind of pressure cooker kind of school environment and they're not taught the correct stuff for this. I mean, they're just not. So my own daughter now, my eldest daughter of five, is in first year medicine in one of Ireland's top colleges, medical colleges, actually the top one. And she has gone through the first six months. And she told me that she has now done all of the stuff relating to carbohydrate, insulin, and everything we're talking about. And I said, well, no, you're going to be doing more next year. They might bring in new aspects. And she said, no, 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 I'm done. Next year, we go into pharmacology, clinical. She said, I know the uh, syllabus. I've done it. And we had joked for the last few months. You know, they touched on some aspects, but even now, 2020, in a fine medical college, they are not coming within a million miles of explaining what I discovered. So can we blame the doctors? Well, you could say, well, why don't they go on the internet and research? But remember the path I took. Busy doctors may never even occur to them to do that. And it goes against everything they've been taught and everything they're being taught by the top medical sources of education and, and uh, you know, information. It would be unthinkable to them that they've completely got something wrong. They may never even go and look. It's, it's absurd. So they're kind of trapped. They're extremely busy. They're dealing with patients. They got 10 minutes per person. And, uh, you know, many of them are never going to just go and do the research. And, and medicine as well, there's a lot of learning by rote. I mean, my daughter has told me the amount of stuff on pathology and physiology, you have to learn off all the muscles, all the bones, mountains of stuff to learn off. Uh, but the core stuff, the biochemistry, 
the physiological mechanisms and processes, they've already covered that. Uh, and it didn't include what I, what I mentioned. <laughs> so interesting. Okay, so you go and get these blood tests. They say bad things. You start doing research. Let's, let's say somebody else has the same experience. What kind of testing do you suggest someone who is struggling with their health, struggling with their weight? What, what kind of tests should they ask for? Okay, well, we might start with saying uh, the insulin resistance syndrome or hyperinsulinemia syndrome or metabolic syndrome. Uh, that's the biggest kind of problem in the world right now. And all those words I said, they kind of mean type 2 diabetes, that you've got an element of type 2 diabetes. So the metabolic syndrome, and these are pretty good measures. The first is your good cholesterol, HDL. It should be above 40 for a male or above 50 for a female. Now, it should be quite a lot higher than that, but at least that. Your triglycerides should be below 150. Ideally, they really should be below 100. Uh, you've got waist measurement, which is, I think it's 40 inches uh, below that for males or 35 inches for females. But again, it should probably be a good bit below those, those criteria. Hypertension then, you should be below 130 over 80 blood pressure. That's pretty good measure. I wouldn't go much tighter than their criteria for that. And the last one, ah, blood sugar should not be over 100 generally. Um, so that's a good indicator. So there are the criteria for hyperinsulinemia syndrome or metabolic syndrome, and they're pretty good. So if you can make all of those, you'd be doing well. You might notice LDL, the bad cholesterol, isn't in there. LDL on its own, the number, means almost nothing. And it doesn't mean nothing. It means almost nothing. Same with total cholesterol. But your triglyceride divided by your HDL in those numbers, that should be below around 1.5 or below 1, ideally. That's a really good measure, that ratio. And the reason the triglyceride divided by the HDL, that ratio, is actually very powerful is because it's not to do with cholesterol. It's an indirect measure of whether you're insulin resistant or not. Yeah. So there are some of the basic measurements that are good. I'd say one of the best simple ones without getting into complicated ones is if you get your fasting blood sugar, blood glucose, get your fasting insulin, and put those two numbers into the HOMA calculator, H-O-M-A calculator. You can Google it and find an online uh, little tool. Put in your two values, get the number. And if you're below 1.2, great, you're insulin sensitive. If you're above 1.8 in that little calculator, you're insulin resistant. You've got to work a little harder and get down. Uh, a lot of people who are not doing anything special in America now, middle-aged, they're going to blow over the 1.8, probably most people. That was a lot of numbers that people can grab onto and just like look at themselves and make some decisions about how they might want to change things. Can you talk to us about coronary artery calcium scan? How is calcium a good direct marker for cardiovascular disease? I, I know I've heard about this a lot, but I've never had one. I don't know a lot about it. I know that a lot of people find it to be very valuable and I'd love for you to teach me about it. 
Okie doke. So that's what my main role on behalf of IHDA.ie, the charity, is to get the information out in this. So this is great. So coronary artery calcification, basically it's not to do with dietary calcium or taking your vitamins, calcium thing, nothing to do with that. So that's the first thing. The second thing is what it really is, is your arteries, when they become inflamed and they become you know, at risk for building plaque and for the plaques to burst maybe. And that's what kills most people with a heart attack. A plaque in your artery and the pipe bursts and kind of pus comes out and blocks the artery. So those plaques, your body is smart after uh, its development over a long time. And it brings in calcium to those dangerous plaque to stabilize them. So think of it like, you know, bricks in a wall may be about to blow out and you come in with concrete and you fill up and point all the bricks and you shore them up. That's what the calcium is. Your body's bringing in calcium, creating bony spots where the most at-risk areas are. And the beauty is in this five-minute CT scan, you go in, zap, you know, 100 bucks maybe, and it will immediately show you all the calcium and how much there is. And basically, if you have no calcium at, say, 55, like my co-author, Dr. Gerber, that's an amazingly good result at middle age. And it means you might have as low as 1% chance of a heart attack or death in the next 10 years. They also call it a warranty to get a zero. But if you get a high score, like my sponsor, David Bobbitt, got a huge score, that's why he's put millions of dollars into getting this message out, you could be 20 or 30% chance of the next 10 years of heart attack or death. So you're talking about low score versus high, a 20 times different in risk, which is huge. So if, you're, if you have high blood pressure, oh, it's a risk factor, got to take some meds. Well, it might mean you're 1.7 times more likely to have a heart event, but the calcium is 20 times more likely. It's the same for cholesterol, all the blood metrics, you know, they're, they're pretty weak predictors and they never tell you the state of your actual arteries. But the calcium scan looks inside and sees the disease, more disease, obviously more risk. Hundreds of human studies on this. So that's the calcium scan. And the best places to get more information are the homepage in ihda.ie, right? That's where we have little videos, two minutes long, explain all the stuff. And we also have a movie out just a week ago released, a year and a half we've been making a full feature movie. And you go to uh, extratimemovie.com. That's one word, extratimemovie.com. And it's $3.99 only to stream the, the movie. And we scanned 45 Irish sports stars in their 50s. We discovered incredible stuff. You know, they were all thought to be healthy. We got nine out of 45 that needed immediately to see a cardiologist. Two of them had operations very quickly, multiple bypass, huge disease. And we follow one guy with a huge score who over a year does everything we tell him, which includes fasting, low carb, glucose meter, you know, vitamin D, vitamin K2, magnesium, all the key stuff to fix those root causes. We follow him and we scan him again after around a year. And uh, you find out when you watch the movie, did he succeed? And you can probably guess that he did pretty well with us advising him. 
Okay, we're gonna put those links in the show. And and so here's my thing. Could I just go to my regular doctor and say, I wanna get a calcium scan? Is that what I say? Well, in America particularly, you're really lucky because the price is incredibly low in general. And many states, there's walk-in clinics. So at ihda.ie, there's a test centers tab. And if you go onto that page and scroll down, we've got most states in America, phone numbers, uh, names of facilities. So it's a great service. And again, I'm not sure exactly state by state, but some states like Ireland and England, for instance, you need to go to a doctor, maybe it's 60 bucks, and they just write you a letter and you go then and get it. But in America, it's the same in some states, but most have, because it's the land of freedom, you can just go in and get the scan. And I've heard it as low as 49 bucks, often 99, sometimes 149. And there's a few places, be careful, that are charging a few hundred bucks. But generally, America is an amazing country for access to this life-saving technology, yeah. So it's not painful. It just scans you. It's not long, right? Like, I shouldn't be freaked out about any of that. Kind of like an x-ray or, or a scan? It is essentially a very short-duration CT scan. So okay. if you get body scans or brain scans, there's, there's significant radiation, they're longer, uh, really detailed. Because this is only looking at calcium, like bony structures, it's really fast and it's very low radiation. So, and you don't have to go in. A lot of people ask me, oh, is it like an MRI if they have claustrophobia? You, you don't go into a tunnel like an MRI. You only slide in up to your chest and your head is outside the machine pretty much. And it just whirs for a minute or two and you hold your breath for 20 seconds when they ask you uh, and you're out. Okay. I'll tell you one of the reasons I've been avoiding it. Uh, I didn't understand it. So thank you for fixing that today. Wasn't worried about the cost, but thank you for fixing that. I was morbidly obese for 24 years and I did everything wrong. And I've been doing most things right for two years. And I'm just scared to like, see the results of it and be like, I screwed myself up. Like I'm scared to go in there and see the results of those 24 years and just, I guess, mentally deal with how I failed myself. So I don't know. That's, that's, I'm freaked out about it. Yeah. And that's understandable. And it, it, this is all about choice. So David Bobbitt, my sponsor, the charity, it's all about giving the information for people to make the choice, but it's not about telling people to do it. It's about them knowing about it and choosing, you know, in fairness, it's not about saying, oh, you all got to get the scan. You all need to know about it and choose. And it's a good, it's a good point, Eve, to be quite honest, that if you know what you're doing and you're one of the lucky ones, the minority who know about low carb, who know all the stuff, doing all the right things now, you could say, well, I'm doing everything and I'm probably fine anyway. And absolutely, that's, that's true. Uh, but still, some people want to go in and get a baseline number. And whether it's a zero or, or a 600, they don't panic because the 600 is a prior life but they want to go back in a couple of years and see is their new healthy lifestyle mean that they're only going to rise slowly. And in a couple of years, it won't have gone up much. And they want to know, but you're right. It's a right to know. Now, there's another interesting thing is you could be very surprised, but I don't want to guess. Uh, I met a man in his 50s, a doctor in Denver, 
lovely man. And he was morbidly obese for decades. And now he'd lost 45 pounds, I think, in the last uh, few months. He reversed or, or put his diabetes type 2 in remission after 10 days of switching to what, what we're talking about. And he went in to get a calcium scan and uh, he said, okay, I'm going to get a high score, but I want my baseline so I can check back in a few years and see, am I going up fast? Do I need to do more? Great. You know what he came out with? A zero. So the thing about this is some people can get very obese, be relatively not insulin resistant. Genetically, they just put on a lot of weight and it's mostly safe fat. And some people also have a genetic resistance to developing this disease. So we have guys who are slim in their 30s with scores of 400, huge scores, uh, who are not that unhealthy. And we have people like, like Raj who um, in their 50s morbidly obese for, well, not morbidly, but very obese for a decade or two. And uh, their body has managed to resist the development of this disease. So it really, you don't know till you look. But you don't have to look. It's a choice. So it's very hard to advise people, you know. But hopefully that discussion helped. You know, it's just, do you want to know to future track against your baseline? And you never know what you're going to get. That's true. You know, Ivor, I struggled with obesity for 24 years. And I was so angry when I read The Obesity Code by Dr. Jason Fung and found out about low carb and fasting. And I was so pissed that I had not had that information 20 years earlier, right? Because I, I would have tried it. I tried everything else. And so I don't think in good conscience, now that I understand about the tests, just because I'm scared of it, and just because I don't want to deal with reality, I don't think it's a good actual justification to not do it. So I am going to do it. I'm going to suck it up. And, and being frightened of results is, is a ridiculous, in my opinion, excuse. So you've given me the information and I appreciate it. And I'm going to take it. I'm going to use it. Um, and goodness knows wherever I'm at is a better place than I was two years ago when I wasn't eating low carb and I wasn't doing fasting. And so I'm in a better place and I can, I can deal with reality. I think sometimes myself included, we're so tough on ourselves for the mistakes that we make, even when we don't have all the information. And it's hard to deal with the results of those things. And I, I really liked also how you talk about sometimes people who are athletes and are healthy and whatever have these risks that they, they need to be made aware of. One of the reasons I, I wrote this book, and I think the reason you wrote this book is exactly like you said, people need information. And then in the end, they have to make the choice for themselves. And, and that's all that can be done is their choice for what they want to do with their body and their health. So thank you for teaching me about that. I understand it a lot better now. Great stuff, Eve. Yeah, it's a tricky one. It's personal, like you say. And in terms of blaming people, since I discovered this seven years ago, I've been angry ever since. I mean, David is extremely angry about the calcium scan not being known because people don't have the right to know. And you know, the people who think they're healthy, the tofies, thin outside, fat inside, who have enormous diabetic disease and no one knows, they drop dead of heart attacks all the time in their 50s, leave families behind. And their doctor and everyone thought they were fairly healthy. They didn't smoke. That's actually criminal that they don't know there's a scan that could give them a heads up to say, wow, you're a massive risk. 
even if they only just get meds and some other stuff, it, it'll be a help. But they also have a chance to go and find out, hold on a minute, why am I completely riddled with disease when my doctor said I was in great shape and my cholesterol was low and I was fine? Why? And like David Bobbitt himself, he went and researched this and he found William Wheatbelly Davis and went to see him. He began to find out about low carb. He got a blood glucose meter and he checked his blood glucose and it was going up to 300 after each meal. So he was, he was a diabetic type too, massively. And, and they never told him because his fasting glucose looked okay. So, you know, you, you empower people when they at least check their health with a scan. They have a chance to go and research and find out why did this happen? What's going on? And they have a chance to save their own life. And what's more important than that? Okay, Ivor, so I'm going to get the scan and then you have to come back on the show because I have more things I want to talk to you about and we're going to discuss my scan. I'm just going to pressure you into that right now. Are you in? Uh, absolutely, I'm in. And there's actually quite a few things with a highish score as well, nuances about it. So yeah, yeah, that requires more discussion. Good. Well, I'll get it and we'll talk about it on the show. Will you tell people about your book and where they can find out more about you and your association? Right. So Eat Rich, Live Long is the book with Dr. Gerber. And it's, it's been very well received, almost five star average reviews, 4.9 something, I think. Uh, and that's on Amazon or the usual stuff. Uh, IHDA.ie is the website all about the scan. That's our charity website. And it has all the scan centers in the US and, and some of Europe. And then if you Google Ivor Cummins and maybe put in a topic, that might be the easiest way to find some of my many, many podcasts, video, audio, and lectures. Uh, you know, just Google Ivor Cummins. You'll find my YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and the fatemperor.com website on the first page of Google. So maybe it's better to try and search. And if you Google Ivor Cummins CAC, you know you're going to get a lot of hits about those types of talks. You Google Ivor Cummins uh, diabetes. You, you know, that's probably the easiest way. Ivor, thank you so much for being on the show. And you and I are going to be back together probably in a few months. Um, I really appreciate the time and everything that you taught us today. Guys, thank you so much for being here on the Life in the Fasting Lane podcast. Please look for our book, Life in the Fasting Lane. Grab it on Amazon. Get it at the library. I don't care. You can get more tips on fasting, keto, low carb at fastinglane.com. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at fastinglane. And until next time, to your health and hotness.